0: Hello and welcome back. We're on episode 10 of Unapologetic Sex with DG and holy shit I am so excited to be here. This is absolutely insane. I can't believe we've made it to 10 episodes already and this episode in particular means a lot to me because I'm interviewing one of my best friends. Um, Her name is Samara Kogan And in this episode, we talk about the joys and challenges of being someone who is asexual and ace in a hypersexual society and what's involved in being someone who is asexual. And we break down some major myths and we have so many insightful conversations in this 45 minutes that it's... It's honestly insane to me how many beautiful things we talk about in this episode. She is one of my dearest friends. I've known her for almost 20 years um, and I am so lucky to have her in my life. She has been a rock for me for so many things. I'm I'm the chaos demon of all my friends and Samara has always been one of the most grounded people I have ever met. Um, I hope you'll love her as much as I do. And on that note, I wanted to give a shout out to my patrons on Patreon. I am so, so excited to have you, and I couldn't be making this without you. So I want to thank William Adcock, Lisa Cox, lily mcbride beth riley and samara Cogan. thank you so much for making sure this podcast can happen and i am so glad you are with us um it makes me so happy to be able to give this resource to people it's for five dollars a month you get so much you get a shout out on the podcast as you just heard I do a live Q&A and um, last month's was on March 28th. Um, The next one will be on April 28th. So keep an eye out for that because I'm doing another live Q&A and it's going to be on busting myths in sex work. (laughs) So keep an eye on that. And we're heading into April and it's my birth month, actually. This is coming out around the time of my birthday. So if you want to join Patreon just because it's my birthday, I would be so grateful. I'm also a sexual health coach. I can go into that later, but I want to go back to Samara for a minute. And I just want to say when you listen to this episode, listen closely. You will just feel the love and empowerment. And the power that Samara just brings to every word she says. And she is one of the most wonderful, beautiful, golden souls I've ever had the joy of having a conversation with and having them in my life for so long. And without further ado, let's dive into this interview. Say hello to Samara Kogan. Hello, I am DG and I am here with a very dear friend of mine. I've known her for ooh, 20 years now and one of my best friends. Let me introduce you to my friend Samara. If, um, Samara, if you would be so kind as to tell us your name, pronouns, and what's your favorite thing about sex?
1: Oh, interesting question. Okay. So my name is Samara. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And my favorite thing about sex is that uh, you can opt out. You don't have to do it.
0: (laughs) That is great. That is perfect. And can you um, explain that a little bit more? Like, tell us why that is your favorite? Like, what... What has led that to be your favorite thing, the fact that you can opt out? Because that is very specific, (laughs) that you can opt out of sex. What do you mean by that? So uh, where
1: that comes from is uh, that I am an asexual and aromantic person, uh, which means that I, the general umbrella term, uh, asexual just means that, uh, I don't experience sexual attraction. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that, um, you know, I don't have sex, even though in my case, I don't. Um, but it just means that sex, at least for me, every asexual or aromantic person is different. Um, but, uh, for me, it means that sex is just not a huge part of my life. Um, and for a while, I thought that that made me a very strange person and it was completely abnormal. But uh, it wasn't until I met other asexual people and heard about you know their experiences that I was like, oh yeah, so other people also don't need sex. That's neat. Cool, cool, cool.
0: <laughs> that is beautiful. You forgot to tell us your pronouns. Oh, she, her, and hers. Like, that is great please anyone who's asexual know this you're not alone and you're not weird um you may be weird in other ways but (laughs) (laughs) being being asexual or aromantic doesn't make you weird and it doesn't make you broken like it's beautiful and thank you for that explanation it was amazing and can you tell us a little bit more about what it means to be aromantic
1: yes uh so uh, where asexual means that you don't experience sexual attraction, aromanticism means that you don't experience romantic attraction. So a lot of asexual people uh, do like romance. They want to be in relationships. Uh, they like having partners, but the sex doesn't factor into it. For aromantics, a lot of them have sex, enjoy sex, but are not into the romantic aspect of it. That's not what's the most important. Um, So I'm a combo of
0: both. I have opted out of all options. (laughs) What does it look like for you? Like in your everyday life, how does that appear? Like, what does horniness look like for you? Does that exist in your spectrum? Like, do you masturbate? Do you find porn appealing? Or is it something you just find aesthetically appealing? I'm just curious. Uh, So... I
1: am not without a libido, so that's important to know. Um, So I do masturbate, but the idea of involving another person in my sexual gratification is just absolutely repugnant to me. Um, (laughs) Porn is fine because, again, that's a solo activity, me viewing porn. That's just me viewing porn. I don't have to involve another human being in that. Cool. Great. That works for me. But I will say... My libido, partly uh, because of the antidepressants I'm on, uh, has dwindled a bit. But again, that's not a huge deal for me. It's just like a thing that I take care of. And then that's
0: it. So would you say masturbation is used more as a stress relief? Yeah, definitely stress. Yeah. Yeah, versus like actually seeking pleasure or is it both? Do you get pleasure out of the stress relief? just curious how it what it
1: looks like for you (laughs) right right uh yeah I guess I mean it is pleasurable if it wasn't pleasurable I wouldn't even bother doing that um but mostly it's so I can sleep like I do it before bed and it releases endorphins and then I fall asleep and uh yeah that's basically it it's a sleep aid for me which is uh you know that's what it is
0: (laughs) that is absolutely beautiful That is amazing. And I love that you are like so comfortable sharing this with us. Like I am so happy about that. So uh, I was going to add to that, like when you are masturbating to sleep, I don't like, even people who aren't asexual, I know myself who is, I'm not currently sure where I fall on the spectrum of sexuality and sex at this moment Um, because it varies day to day. And I know probably a lot of my listeners probably masturbate to fall asleep as well, and they may not fall on the spectrum anyway. So I feel like this is definitely a very normal thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was wondering back to something we were talking about earlier was porn. Mm -hmm. What type of porn do you watch? And what doesn't make you feel when you watch it if you watch it for for masturbatory purposes
1: i was gonna say that uh generally i don't watch porn mm. i i have nothing against porn um like videos as long as all parties are consenting etc etc but that appeals to me less than reading like smut or fan fiction Mm. uh i like the visual aspect of it isn't so important to me it's reading well-written descriptions of sex acts that is really Mm. fascinating to me especially if they're sex acts that like obviously i'm i'm not having sex no no part of that (laughs) appeals to me but the thought of like oh somebody either did this or thought of this in their mind and it's absolutely fascinating to me to read about (laughs) especially if these are like if it's fan fiction of Intellectual property that I already watch or know of. So I know these characters. Um, so usually that's my go to. I do a lot of reading of smut.
0: So erotica is your go to. Any recommendations that you would give our viewers if they're interested in reading any erotica? Because it sounds like you're very well versed. <laughs> uh, well, I can highly
1: recommend um, if you're looking for smutty uh, fan fiction, archive of our own. Uh, They have probably the most extensive collection of fan fiction for anything that you can think of. I've found that like well-established fandoms, like for movie franchises and television shows or book series that have been ongoing or long lasting, there is something for everyone on Archive of Our Own. They have a really Mm -hmm. great filter system. So if there's anything that triggers you or if you're just not into it, you can filter those things out or you can explore things. Their tagging system is really awesome. I feel like Archive of Our Own is that it has something for everyone, even if you've never read fan fiction or even if you're going on there not to read Smut, you just want to explore some fan fiction. um, I would definitely recommend them.
0: I love that. I love that so much um so archive of our own I'll put a link for that in the show notes so people can have access to that thank you for sharing that with us that is so amazing so tell us can you tell us a little bit about your ace like figuring out your asexuality and aromanticism can you tell us a little bit about that journey sure uh so It
1: started basically when I was in high school. So in middle school, I knew that a lot of my friends were sexually active, um, but I just felt that it was too soon for me personally. Um, So no judgment there. I just wasn't, I didn't feel that I was ready. I felt very much like a child and was not ready to go there. But then in high school, everyone I knew was dating someone, having sex with someone. And I still was like, I'm just not into it. And I started questioning my sexuality. Of course, I didn't know what asexuality even was when I was in high school. That just wasn't a term that I had ever or a kind of identity that I'd ever come in contact with. Um, So I was like, maybe I'm a lesbian. Maybe like that's what's going on. Because the idea of kissing a boy was so repulsive to me. Um, Not even just sex, just kissing a boy was not about it. But then I really, really thought about it. I was like, do not that doesn't appeal to me with women either. So like, what's happening? So I just didn't have the understanding of my own identity. I didn't really know what was going on, if there was something wrong with me. And it wasn't until college that I met an asexual woman and she was very open with me and told me all about her experiences. And I recognized myself in her and I was like, okay. So this is not completely abnormal. This is just who I am. Uh, So it was a little bit of a meandering journey and I wouldn't have the understanding that I have of myself now if it wasn't for other asexual people talking about their experiences. So I'm very, very grateful to them.
0: That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Um, Do you have any resources for anyone who's, like, curious if they're, like, asexual or aromantic that you would recommend for someone? And I want to, like, note, since that is, like, an absolutely amazing journey, and, yeah, that language piece is so important. Because, I, I can speak from my personal experience, and I bet many of my listeners have experienced this too is that you don't know the language, you don't know what you're feeling if you don't know how to like identify things and um, when you it sounds like she basically became your mentor a little bit around asexuality like what what questions did she ask to make you come to the realization that you're asexual? Like, I'm just curious.
1: Well, she asked me, and I had been asked this before, which is why haven't you ever had a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a partner? Like, just why? Why do you think that is? And, you know, for a while, before I really understood myself, I was like, well, I'm picky. (laughs) I'm just waiting for the perfect human being to come along, (laughs) <laughs> and that's it. They just haven't come along yet.
0: Um, okay. That's, can I just say that's great? That's great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't want to close myself off from the possibility that there may be some magical unicorn human being out there and that I will somehow make a connection with them. I'm not, you know, saying that that can never happen. It's less likely for me as an asexual Mm -hmm. and a romantic person that I would make such a connection with a person, but possible, entirely possible. Mm -hmm. Anything is possible. But Mm -hmm. when this woman asked me, why haven't you had a partner, do you think? And it it, like dawned on me then because we'd been talking about asexuality. I was like, well, that's why, because I don't want to. (laughs) I just don't have the inclination to be with someone sexually romantically. I just don't not into it and like that's okay
0: yes it is oh that's beautiful thank you for sharing that i love that so much within that i'm getting the feeling that there was a lot of pressure growing up to be a certain way being an asexual person how did you navigate the pressure growing up and well what would you sorry go ahead oh no no i'm sorry what would you recommend for baby asexuals to help them navigate?
1: Mm, Good question.
0: I was very fortunate
1: because I grew up in an area, well, we grew up in an area, you and I, (laughs) that, uh, I feel was very diverse as far as sexual orientation. Um, our high school had a, uh, what was it? Gay Straight Alliance, Mm -hmm. which for its time was pretty revolutionary. Like I didn't realize that there were schools that didn't have a gay straight alliance. Mm -hmm. So I feel we were very lucky in that aspect that like in high school, there was already a safe space for people who felt that, you know, they didn't fit into heteronormative standards. Mm -hmm. So it was, it definitely wasn't as hard as it could have been. Like I could have grown up in a place that like put a lot of pressure on women especially to link up with a boy and you know have lots of sex but only with that one boy because you can't have sex with more than one otherwise you're deemed a slut and that's not okay but on the other hand it's a fine line to walk because if you have sex too early then that's also bad but if you wait too long then you're a prude and that's also bad like Mm -hmm. Basically, any choice that you make as a woman, bad, bad, bad. You've made the wrong choice. Um, So just that societal pressure was a bit much. But again, I also feel very lucky that my family didn't pressure me to do anything I didn't want to do. I think my dad was thrilled that I wasn't into boys and I wasn't bringing boyfriends home. Just for the sake of my own safety, he was fine with me not having any significant others. But yeah, I think... If you are a baby asexual and you feel that pressure from other people or from society at large, which don't underestimate that pressure because it's everywhere, we are swimming in it. Um, But just be comfortable with who you are as much as possible and surround yourself with people who understand you. And it doesn't have to be like physically surround yourself. Like if you don't know any other asexual people in, in real life, there's always always ways to reach out to other asexual people online. Um just make sure you be safe, don't get taken advantage of, protect stranger danger, but uh I have had some really interesting conversations with um asexual people who I've never met and uh found completely by accident. So, but yeah, you're you're going to be okay, baby aces.
0: I love you so much and that was so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was so beautiful. I could listen to you talk like that for hours. I mean, completely honest. Uh, that that's like perfect. And um, within that, I just wanted to say, like, fuck what people think. Yep. <laughs> I feel like you wanted to say that. Like, I should <laughs> make it clear: you can say whatever the hell you want on this podcast. We are explicit, so don't be afraid to say curse words. <laughs> <laughs> we're in it a little bit, but yeah, like you, you can curse on here as much as you like. I want to make this a safe place for everybody to have their emotions. And you have so many great points in there. Yes. The ad the invent of online resources and online spaces is amazing. I feel like we're very lucky about that. Thank you for bringing that up and your friends online are completely valid. Like they are real people on the other side of that screen and they are support systems for you. Okay, I had a question that came out of that. What is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self?
1: Mm, Good question.
0: Because I feel like that is relevant with what what you were just talking about is I feel like there's some like a message you would tell your like eight or nine-year-old self right now. Um, navigating this?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I would, if I could go back in time and talk to baby Samara, um, I would just say, like, don't waste your time worrying about what other people think, Um, specifically about, like, the fact that, you aren't into boys. I also wasn't really friends with any boys. Like I could not be bothered with boys. It, that has changed now. I am now not gender exclusive when it comes to friendships. Um, but like baby Samara, it's okay. You don't have to be friends or friendly or go out of your way to get the attention of boys specifically. Um, because it felt like starting in middle school, elementary school, That's when people are like, boys, 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 we got to talk about boys. And like, I'm realizing now how exclusionary that is. But like, again, we we live in a society and the heteronormativity that we are swimming in is everywhere. So like Mm -hmm. at nine, I wasn't like, this is really weird. Why are we talking about boys? Why can't we talk about non-binary people and girls too? Um, But yeah, I would just... Don't worry so much about what boys think of you because ultimately that is a
0: waste of energy. (laughs) That is beautiful. I love that. I love that. Yes, don't waste your energy. That, yeah. And I feel like that is very relevant to today as well as like, don't waste your energy. Who would you say you don't want to waste your energy on as an adult now?
1: (laughs) That's a good question. Um, Yeah, I feel like I inadvertently was wasting energy as an adult trying to date every and again the heteronormativity was strong so like every man that I met I would panic because I was like I just want to be his friend I do not want to date him I do not want to have sex with him so I don't want him to I don't want him to expend that energy on me thinking that something's going to happen when it will not (laughs) I just want to be friends I want to connect as two people and not have any sort of sexual element to it. And it felt like it was so hard to find that. But now it feels a lot easier. Now that I know myself a little better and I understand my boundaries a little bit better. If I would meet a man at a party, it's a lot easier for me to navigate that, to be like, not to necessarily out myself during every interaction that I have with a man. Like, oh, sorry, just so you know, right off the bat, uh, we're not gonna have sex because I'm asexual. But it's just a lot easier for me to be myself and not have to worry if he's thinking about having sex with me, because I know that's not going to happen. So it's a lot more
0: comfortable for me. (laughs) I love that. I love that so much. Um, You bring up a really good point, boundaries and asserting your boundaries. What does that look like
1: for you? Just as a person, what does that look like for you? So uh, I've gotten better at this um, because I was definitely a people-pleasing person for a long time in my life where I would get, you know, unsolicited messages from mostly men. um, And I wouldn't understand, like, you can just cut them off. You don't have to continue on with the charade. You don't have to be nice to them when they're trampling all over somebody's boundaries who, a they don't know me b they didn't check in with me to see if any of these messages were okay so you know not to be a total bitch but you know it's a lot easier for me to now say this is not serving me this communication is making me feel very bad and so i think we're done communicating now goodbye um i'm not afraid to block people it's been a lot better now that I've put up boundaries. Um, and this is less relevant because of COVID now. This happened one whole time where a man put his hand on me in a way that I didn't like. Thank God it was only one time. I'm very fortunate that it was one time and I understand that. But at that point, this was God, it must have been when I was in college. So like I really wasn't comfortable with removing that hand get away from me thankfully that's as far as it went was just like a hand on my leg but that's when I was like gross 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 I don't like this this makes me feel so uncomfortable and if that had happened to me now as adult Samara fully formed Samara it would be a lot easier for me to be like "Mm, I'm not feeling that could you not do that
0: (laughs) yeah wow I'm sorry they did that Number one, I'm sorry they did that. No one should invade your personal space without your permission. Two, I'm so proud of you. That is amazing. From what I was hearing, you were mostly talking about like strangers. And I'm just curious, what does it look like with people that you've known a long time, like me or like any of your other friends? Because I know a lot of people struggle putting up boundaries with people they love and care about. Strangers, it, it is like... Even for me, it's easier to put boundaries up with people I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like the same for you. How is it navigating boundaries with people you do know?
1: That's a good question. Um, so like you said, and rightly pointed out, it's a little bit more complicated. Because <laughs> like, I'm quick, quick to cut a bitch off. But like, if, if we're already like family or friends, it's a little bit harder. Um, So but honestly, as far as enforcing boundaries, I've been very lucky that the people in my life like you uh, understand and respect boundaries, first of all. Um, But, you know, there are some moments where people and I'm an open book as far as my sexuality, like my asexuality. Um, I don't mind people asking personal questions about it. Um, I think the more I talk about it with people, the better they understand. And I understand that, you know, if you're an asexual person, you can't do that all the time with everyone. And that's fine. That's not your job, but I feel like I have the capacity to do so. So I will. Um, But in the beginning, when I had first come out to my mom and tried to explain what asexuality was and that's, you know, that's what I was, there were a lot of uncomfortable conversations Uh, as far as boundaries. I did have to put up some boundaries with her, Um, because after a while I was like, I can't be responsible for you working through your emotions about this. She's so much better now, but in the beginning it was rough. Um, so she respects that. And, uh, she is able to, you know, talk about things with me and ask me things about asexuality without trampling over my boundaries. It really just took a couple conversations to be like, you're making me feel very uncomfortable mother. Could we not? And, uh then she, she's good. She's been good. She's uh, much better than she was in the beginning. And I think it's mostly just because she didn't understand what I was saying. Like, I think she would have understood better if I had come out as a lesbian, because, you know, that's something that she's familiar with. She knows other lesbians. Like, that makes sense. The thing that really bothered her about my asexuality was that she was really worried about me being alone forever Like That's what she was sad about. She was like, you're going to be alone forever. And I thought about that for so long. And I was like, I wonder why that bothers her and not me so much. And then I realized she comes from a frame of reference where if you don't have a partner of some kind, you don't have any support at all. And that is not my frame of reference at all. Like I have friends and family. I have my sister. I have her. I have my mother. She's supporting me. So if that doesn't feel alone to me. Just because I don't have a romantic or sexual partner, that doesn't mean that I'm alone.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That's gorgeous. Holy shit. Obviously, I'm sitting here and I'm kind of in all of you. You are so well spoken. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I I've heard a couple good points that I'm going to address with that because. That was just beautiful. So number one, the number one thing I got about out of that is you have to be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations.
1: Mm-hmm. And they will they will definitely happen.
0: Yep. Number two is there's a difference between being alone and lonely. hmm And every support system looks different. Are yep, the three exactly. things I got from that. And what I wanna um, ask you. In relation to the alone and lonely, because that's something I feel like a lot of people can relate to. I know um, as myself, like lonely and alone time are two very different things, and they happen at various intervals and um, just like, and I, I'm thinking I'm remembering you mentioned before that you are taking medications for mental illness. If you're comfortable sharing about your mental illness, I would be great to hear about that too. Cause I feel like this will tie in to the question I'm about to ask, which the, my brain is processing. <laughs> and that is within your sexual perspective, what does it mean to be alone? And how do platonic relationships affect your life? And how, how is that affected with your mental illness as well?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely prioritize platonic relationships and fam- familial relationships more. And it's just like, I don't even factor in, I don't get lonely easily. I have plenty of friends and family time and bringing back to COVID, I'm a homebody. So this has actually been pretty okay for me. <laughs> not having to interact with anyone outside of my home has been great. I know that it's been affecting other people's mental health very severely because, you know, when you're isolated, like physically isolated from other people, that's really hard for a lot of people. It's not as hard for me. Uh, <laughs> so again, I feel pretty blessed that like, I could go days without talking to another human being and be okay, but I understand that that's not everybody's perspective. As far as my mental health struggles, mostly the depression comes from, I think it's probably genetic. Like there are people in my family who have diagnosed depression. So it's just like a low level thing that needs to be taken care of. And I have found that medication helps me. It may not help everyone, talk to your doctor, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, the medication that I'm on has been helping me feel less, not even just sad, because you know you know this, of course, but depression is not just sadness. Um, depression manifests for me as not feeling hopeful and not looking forward to anything in the future, like having a really difficult time thinking about things to look forward to, which is a very depressing sort of state to be in. My medication and also talk therapy really helps me to kind of get through that but I found that my depression is less related to how I interact with other people and more related to how mean I am to myself. <laughs> so Oh, that, that
0: was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was absolutely beautiful. And yeah, depression, depression is a beast. It really is a, beast and the way you talked about it is so correct like that like listlessness that almost like fear of things going on in the future it's so real and that like not finding enjoyment in everything just makes me deflate (laughs) thinking about it but at the same time with how you addressed um like how you view relationships and everything like the importance of those platonic and familial relationships is beautiful and the relationship with yourself. I feel like that's something people need to hear a little bit more about. Do you mind elaborating how you've created um, a healthier relationship with yourself? Absolutely.
1: Um, So Like many teenage girls, uh, I hated a lot of aspects of myself. I hated my personality. I hated the way my body looked. I hated how awkward I was when interacting with other people. And again, this goes back to talking to my nine-year-old self, like, girl, get it together. It's going to be okay. You're being really hard on yourself. And um, I'm not the one who came up with this, but thinking about you know, if I think negative things about myself, I pretend that I am saying those negative things to a younger version of myself. And that really puts it into perspective. Like, that's really mean. You wouldn't say that stuff to a child. Why are you saying that to yourself? Um, So usually that's the thing that gets me is like, I don't have to be that critical of myself because, you know, if I was saying this to baby Samara, I would be horrified. Like, what a jerk. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my God. I love that. I love that so much. So talk talk to yourself as if you're talking to your little self. Um, I want to add to that because I do something similar. I, um, If I start saying something negative to myself, I'm like, if my friend said this to me, how would I feel? And then I, I change it to something like, this is what my friend would say to me. And I start yelling at myself. Like you would yell at me or um, somebody else. So those there's two ways for you to start talking to yourself in a better form, Sammy's and mine. So, and they're both very valid and very useful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, How has that changed your life? Like you using that self-talk. It's made a
1: huge impact again, talking about how much energy I wasted trying to get attention from boys, like how much energy did I waste just constantly picking apart who I am, the way I look like what a waste of precious and limited time on this earth. So it's been much better. And it, I mean, it took a long time. It wasn't like one day I just woke up and didn't hate myself. It was a lot. It was an accumulation of a lot of things and a lot of work and a lot of therapy and meds. Um, Mm -hmm. But I am very proud of where I am now that like my asexuality understood check that box. I don't need to feel weird about it anymore. My awkwardness. That's cool. It's just who I am. Some people like it and some people don't. And that's okay. I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Check. Mm -hmm. Uh, As far as my body, I could be healthier. Let's be real. But you know, I don't spend hours and hours and hours looking at my body and being like comparing it to other people. Mostly either airbrushed images or photoshopped images that are not reality um or oh comparing what a waste of time don't do that (laughs) so it's been a lot easier for me to spend time doing things that i actually like like watching fun movies and tv and reading books that i'm interested in and watching youtube videos listening to podcasts chatting with friends like that's what i should be spending my energy on not staring at myself in the mirror going wow I wish that my body was different. Like what a waste. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that is gorgeous. And you actually went right into my next question and I was like, my next question was going to be, what do you prefer spending your energy on? But you already answered that. So thank you. Thank you for <laughs> answering my next question. What does your life look like now that you're able to expend your energy on the things that you enjoy? Yeah, it's, it's
1: uh, a lot better. Um, You know, and especially because part of my, how my depression manifests is like having trouble thinking of things to look forward to in the future and having hope. It's very important to me to build structure in like plan things in advance that are fun things to do and treat myself every month to a massage. And, uh, i glad that I'm able to enjoy those things. And also like, this is a little bit of a struggle still where like you want to stay busy, but then you also need to rest. So I'm trying to strike that balance, um, but it's been going okay. Uh, I haven't, I also haven't been reading as much as I would like, but that's mostly because I have a large backlog of podcasts to be back on the agenda.
0: That is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. So we're getting close to the end. I always want to end on a very good note and I want to end happily. And I'm, I'm loving this conversation so much. Thank you so much for doing this with me, Sammy. Like so happy you're here. Um, this is amazing. Everything you've said today is absolute bold. Like it's, it's, truly absolute gold i feel so lucky that you're my friend and that you're willing to be on this podcast with me <laughs> i love you so much so i want to end with one more question you can take your time answering this how do you live your life unapologetic
1: mm. i live it for myself i don't live it for anybody else and um if people have a problem with that they can go kick rocks <laughs>
0: okay I'm laughing because that last statement is hilarious (laughs) thank you I love that that is beautiful I am so grateful for you thank you (laughs) and that is an amazing way to live your life so thank you for sharing that with us and thank you for sharing that with me I feel so lucky that you're my friend so the major takeaway I got from this today is just live your life the way you want to live it don't live it for anyone else's expectations or desires just your own exactly yep bingo yeah Yep. so thank you so very much samara thank you thank you i am so grateful that you are here um if you're comfortable would you be comfortable sharing how our listeners would be able to get a hold of you where we can find you um and just how we can interact with you if we have any questions. Sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, Oh gosh, what's my handle? I think it's my name. Isn't it? At Samara Kogan. No spaces, no dashes, no periods, just my name. Um, It is private, but if you send me a little message, like, hey, I heard you on the podcast, then absolutely uh, I can get in touch with you. Um, also my email, because I am a compulsive email checker. So if you need to email me with something, uh, it's also my name, Samara.cogan at gmail.com. Feel free to email me anytime. Awesome.
0: And we'll make sure to have these in the show notes and thank you everyone for joining us. And thank you. I can't thank you enough, Samara, for joining me today. I feel so lucky and so blessed. Um, I will be leaving Samara's information in the show notes and we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This
1: was so fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was such a beautiful beautiful episode. Samara gave us so many things and we got so much information on what it's like to exist as an asexual and aromantic person in our society and just so much on how to be yourself in a society that condemns you when you want to be yourself. So here are the takeaways. Number one, asexuality and aromanticism are valid identities. Anyone who says otherwise will have to fight me. Number two, asexual and aromantic people do masturbate and some have sex for pleasure. Number three, masturbating to sleep is real and healthy. It's a good coping mechanism. Four, written erotica is a valid form of porn. It's also known as smut, a great place to find this. Um, especially if you like fan fiction, is Archive of Our Own. I'm putting a link in the show notes. Number five, developing and labeling your sexual identity is a personal choice, and it can be a lifelong journey. And only you can decide what your labels look like, or even if you want to label yourself. Number six, and this one's really important, The language around sex and sexuality is ever-evolving, and without inclusive sex ed, we don't always understand ourselves because we don't know how to define we are. We are slowly but surely changing this, and the best way we can change this is by including comprehensive, medically-correct sex ed that includes queer and sex work and transgender people in the conversation so we can have the language around it. Number seven, baby asexuals. Be comfortable with who you are and find support or have support systems to help you fight the societies of pressure. Never feel pressured to do something you don't want to do. If they don't respect your no, they don't respect your yeses. Number eight, don't force yourself to date or be in a relationship you have no interest in being in. Just because society says you have to be dating or you have to be in a relationship, no you don't. You get to choose who you want to be with and how and in what form. Platonic relationships are completely valid and acceptable. Number nine, cut people off if they violate your boundaries. This is something that is way more nuanced than what I just said, but pretty much if someone doesn't respect your no's, they won't respect your yes's, and depending on the context of the situation, if they don't respect your no the first time, don't give them a second chance. Disrespect your no's, okay? Number 10, you are not responsible to educate people about who you are. Let me go into this for a second. We all have some responsibility to take responsibility for the actions we do in this world. But if someone is actively working to misunderstand you, it is not your responsibility to educate them. You can walk away. And number 11, you have to be okay and have to be able to have the uncomfortable conversations With yourself, your loved ones, and anyone in any relationship you're in. Those uncomfortable conversations are very important. Number 12, alone and lonely are two different things. Number 13, the way we give so much energy and time into worrying about what other people think about us or our body is time wasted. When you want to care about yourself in the way you want to care for yourself, that is time well spent. And spend that time. We have a limited time on this earth, so spend it the way you want to spend it. So those are the takeaways from today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, please Please reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram is um, unapologeticsexwithdg, and you can also reach out to me at, at dangerousginger.com. That's my email. You can also reach out to me on my website, which is dangerousginger.com. Another way you can reach out to me is join my Patreon. There are so many so many, so many good things on that Patreon, so please consider joining. And that is patreon.com slash unapologeticsexwithdg. So please consider joining. You'll get a shout out on this podcast like I did in the beginning of this episode. A couple resources that have been given to us by Samara was um you can also check out archiveofourown.org and that's if you're looking for some fanfic and fanfic erotica and um you can check out avn otherwise known as the asexual visibility and education network at www.asexuality.org if you want to find samara Go check her out on Twitter. She is private, so just tell her that I sent you. Just tell her DG sent you, and it's at Samara Kogan, or you can contact her by email, and that is samara.kogan at gmail.com. I also want to give a quick shout-out to my editor, which, hey guys, I got an editor, and he is absolutely amazing. Thank you, Rick Lewis, for editing these episodes, I am so grateful for you, and um, once again, I am so grateful for you for being here with me today. We made it through this episode, and I just want to tell you one fun fact about myself for making it to the very end, and the fun fact about myself is, while filming this right now, my cat is -er catawaltering because she has gone into heat, poor thing is so uncomfortable and it's very distracting so (laughs) I just wanted to share a fun fact and I want to tell you that you are absolutely amazing live your life in a way that is so unapologetic and so shameless that those around you feel comfortable being themselves and go out and just love completely and know that I love you I love you so much. I hope you have a great day, week, night, whenever you're listening to this. And just know I love you. Goodbye.